Good morning. Our Bible reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here ends our Bible reading this morning. Good morning. Uh, We come to the part of our service where we're going to look at the Word of God in the Bible. So let's just settle our hearts, settle our minds in a moment of silence. going to be looking at um, a particular little gem that can be found in the Acts of the Apostles. I want you to think of uh, the Bible as perhaps something like the crown jewels and every now and then we come across a particular uh, shining gem that we can pick out and utilize and carry with us through life. So the passage that we are looking at is from the Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles actually doesn't quite live up to its name because uh, you think that if you started to read it, you would learn about all the Apostles. In fact, the Acts of the Apostles is really about St. Paul. Uh, There is a a certain amount at the beginning in which uh, Peter and John and some of the other apostles uh, play a small role. The Acts of the Apostles then is something that tells us the story of the spread of the church and particularly focuses on St. Paul. It's a work on an enormous scale. It takes you from uh, Jerusalem out into Samaria, Galilee, out into Syria, around into what is now Turkey. It takes us across the uh, Mediterranean Sea. We read about voyages and shipwrecks and all sorts of adventures. It's well worth reading. I recommend it to you. Um, But it is a pretty massive work. In fact, it's in a way even bigger because we know that the Acts of the Apostles was written by the same person who wrote Luke's Gospel. 
well, Luke, I suppose you're going to say, but we don't actually know the name uh, of the, the writer. But we do know that the Acts of the Apostles and Luke's Gospel were written by the same person because it tells us so. And the Acts of the Apostles actually begins by saying, this is my second book. And the name of the person that the book is initially directed to, a man called Theophilus, is mentioned in the beginning of Luke's Gospel. Then you see you've got Luke and Acts together. It is an enormous work. 25% of the New Testament is written by this man. We assume it's a man. Uh, it could have been a woman in theory, but knowing what things were like in those days, probably not. Luke tells us at the beginning, let's call him Luke. We don't actually know his name, but there's a reason for suggesting that that might have been his name that I'll come to in a minute. Luke tells us that he was not an eyewitness of Jesus. He tells us at the beginning of his gospel that he actually collected together the stories from those who were eyewitnesses. So he wasn't an eyewitness of the life of Jesus. But was he perhaps an eyewitness of the life of Paul? It's a possibility. Because it's a very strange thing if you read the Acts of the Apostles. The writer is saying, they did this and they did that. They went here they went there. And then suddenly it changes to, we did this. We went there. We embarked on this ship. Which rather suggests that the writer was actually there at the time. Might not be the case, of course, because the writer of the Acts of the Apostles might have been using, let's say, a diary from someone else. But nevertheless we are very closely in touch with what happened at the beginning of the church's life. This is somebody who admits that he wasn't there to see the life of Jesus, but he was there in some way throughout the life of Paul. He was a careful collector of stories. He was able to tell us what routes Paul went on what cities he went to. He made his book interesting by introducing dramatic incidents. For instance, last week we were talking about the day of Pentecost. That's a dramatic story, isn't it? There are dramatic stories and then there are speeches. Peter's speech on the day of Pentecost. Can you remember... The key thing that I can remember about it is that Peter said, we're not drunk. Um, <laughs> probably tells you something about me rather than, than the, the writer. But there is that um, the way in which the, our writer, let's call him Luke, puts together these dramatic incidents and these speeches. But then there's something else. He has to summarize otherwise we're just left with a whole lot of stuff floating around out there 
He wants to summarise it. He wants to pull it together. And that is where we get to in our reading today. The thing that I have described as the little gem which we can pick out of the uh, passage. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Four things. Just see if we can get them in order. See if I can remember them, first of all. Apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. I just want to say something about each one of those. We want to follow those early Christians. We want to be, if you like, in the same community as them. But we've got to work out how we're going to do it. Simply reading those four things doesn't tell us how we're going to work it out in our own life today. I'm going to make some suggestions, but the last thing that sermons are about is telling other people what they ought to do. Hopefully, hopefully, something of what I say may be useful, but it's not there to tell other people what to do. It's to encourage other people, to encourage you to think about how we are going to make ourselves continuous with those early Christians. So let's start by looking at this first thing, the apostles' teaching. You see, Christianity, the church, always has something to do with knowing. You know something. Now, I've often said when I've preached here before that our faith is not a matter of the head, it's a matter of the heart. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things that we need to know and understand. In fact, the very idea of dividing the human being into the intellect and the emotions is a wrong one because we are simply a single person. When Luke talks about the apostles' teaching, it's worth our while remembering that he has a very special understanding of what an apostle is. And for him, an apostle was someone who had been with Jesus in his earthly life. And so when he talks about the apostles' teaching, he is talking about getting to know more and more fully things about the life of Jesus. That's what we need to learn, and that's what we need to hold on to, and that's where we need to grow. I hope that sermons help us to do that to some degree, but there are other ways in which we could focus on the apostles' teaching. For example, you could belong to a home group, David will tell you about that afterwards if you're interested. Even you might consider taking part in the diocesan journey in faith uh, course, which is a wonderful opportunity for us here 
because this year is actually going to happen in this church. So you don't have too far to go. You don't have to get on the bus and go there. Um, it would be quite a commitment because it's a Wednesday evening course and you think, well, Wednesday evening, I can manage the odd Wednesday evening, but actually it's a whole year. Uh, so it requires a certain amount of commitment, but it could be just the thing for you. And people in this church have been on this course before. It's not a training course. You don't, by signing on to it, you are not saying, well, I'm going to be uh, a vicar or a lay reader or whatever it is. It's actually a course for everyone to learn something that they perhaps didn't know before, but some people who have been on it from this church have gone on to uh, different forms of ministry, uh, evangelist and pastoral assistant. So that's what I want to say about the Apostles' teaching. A Christian can never know too much about the life of Jesus. And that is our focus. There is in Christian faith a knowing. There are things that we know and if we can get to know things better, that is a good thing for us. Let's move on to the second point, the fellowship. The church is not a set of individuals, but it's a community. In fact, we could sometimes say, and we do say, the church is a family. And that came out in the uh, reading that David did for us, where you saw that they, they had all things in common. They sold their possessions and gave to the poor. Now, this has often been uh, the source of confusion, uh, people reading this, because it, it suggests that in the early church, it was sort of communist society where everything belonged to everybody. But you see, that's not possible. If you're going to sell things, if you're going to help to support other people, you've got to have something to sell. Uh, so you can't, as it were, get rid of everything. Then you can't actually help people. So when, we, when the, actually the apostle tells us that they had all things in common and they sold their possessions to help one another, they're talking about these early Christians had in their mind the ability to see where there was need and they were able to deal with it. If it was necessary, they would sell something they would help support other people. Sharing is rather anti-cultural. We are taught, aren't we, to look after our own stuff and to make sure that um, other people don't impinge on it. But helping, being involved with others, is part, an essential part, of the Christian faith. If the first point is that in Christian faith there is a knowing, the second point is that there is a sharing. We need to share. How that's going to happen for you, I can't tell you. You'll have to think about that yourself. Here in the church we do try to share. 
things like money matters and baby basics are attempts that we have put together, people have put together to share things with others who are less fortunate. What is it going to be for you? Let's move on to the third point. Breaking of bread. I don't think that the writer was talking about the communion service there. Not directly. He was talking about the breaking of bread. In fact, he says it. Breaking of bread in their homes. He's talking about hospitality. He's talking about welcoming the stranger. Remember in the ancient world, the sacred duty of hospitality and the fact that you shared your meal with someone, it meant that if you like, you were brother or sister of them and they were safe with you. Breaking of bread means welcoming the stranger. That is something that it seems that our society is having difficulty with at the moment. Jesus was recognised in the famous story that we have talked about at Easter, in that famous story of the walk to Emmaus. Jesus was recognised in the breaking of bread. Luke, the writer there, is careful not to, to say, first of all, that it was a communion service with bread and wine. It was just the normal breaking of bread at the end of the day. Now when we come to our communion, which we are, will be in a moment, what are we doing? We are, having a, we are symbolically eating together. Now a symbol points to something else. And it's no good having the symbolic meal together if we haven't also got the reality of sharing together among ourselves. So I'd like to encourage you to think about at a very simple level this idea of feeding the 5,000 that Burton has talked to us about. What is feeding the 5,000? It basically means don't have to go for 5,000. It means why not invite someone else in the congregation or another family in the congregation to share a meal with you or come to the coffee shop just to break down the barriers that there are automatically by the fact that we come and sit sit in pews we're sitting in the pews as, until Burton gets his way but let's leave that aside for a minute <laughs> and there's um, some uh, heckling here, but uh, <laughs> three points. Then we've got so far. Christianity, our faith, involves a knowing. It involves a sharing 
and it involves a welcoming, welcoming other people. And then there's the fourth one. It involves praying. Obvious, you say. Of course, that's what Christians do. They pray. Now, I have been in the church long enough to know that prayer is a difficult topic. And we all know that we should pray in all sorts of ways we should we should pray but we don't always do it so what I'm going to suggest first of all and I, this will mean nothing to some people because they'll already be doing this but some people might not be I suggest that every day you make a resolution that every day you'll find a time to say the Lord's Prayer. That's simple, isn't it? It doesn't take up too much time. It's a start. And it's much better, if you're finding prayer difficult, it is much better to start simple than to put, lay out a piece of paper with ten different things on that you're going to do. Every day, we will say the Lord's Prayer. You might want to go beyond that. I hope you will. You might want to pray for other people. And here, I recommend that you think about using our prayer diary, which is available at the back of the church. This will give you a list of uh, things that are, people have suggested are needs in, within the church and also remind you of worldwide topics that also need our prayer. I hope that, as well, you'd be able to and willing to pray with others. If someone at the end of the service comes to you and says, I have a problem, could you pray about this for me? Just do it. This is not, we're not talking about counselling, we're talking about two minutes. So, Let's make praying something which we do. Okay, well, I'm nearly finished. John will be pleased to hear. Let me just read the passage again. They devoted themselves. Notice that word, devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. We're going to do that, aren't we? And we're going to trust God for the blessing that we read about here for our church. The Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Amen.